0: Hello and welcome to The Dirt, in association with the Organic Gardening Catalogue. This is the podcast that always gives you an A for effort. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm Natalie, and I'm Laura's boss. This week we will be chatting about some of the top jobs on the plot and looking at some topical news stories, But first I'd like to introduce our guest and not only do I have my boss in my ear this week but also my dad aka Henry. So hello dad.
1: Hello Laura. How are you? All right?
0: Yeah good. How are you? Are you on your allotment?
1: Yes I am.
0: Excellent.
2: Good stuff. Nice to meet you Henry.
1: And you.
0: So we will crack on with, as you will know, we like to delve into those gardening failures and things that people don't normally want to talk about. But because (laughs) we're nice, we will ease you in gently and ask what have been your biggest gardening successes?
1: Well, this year, I would say excellent. This year has been um, potatoes. Brilliant. Going from early's.
2: Garden favourite.
1: Earlys through to main crop best year I've had since I've had my allotment without any doubt
2: amazing how come what's happened there then what went on with the potatoes well
1: I think I think why it was better last year wasn't the worst year I've had and I believe that's because we had that really hot spell for about 10 weeks where it was about yeah, 80 it? Was never ending,
2: wasn't it? yeah
1: I'm a, not a great waterer but somebody said to me, I was watering all the, you know, like uh, courgettes, runner beans, stuff like that. But people said, don't bother watering root veg because they find, they'll, they'll go and find the water. But I think any anything living needs water. So I think that's why it was a bad year last year. But this year, it's been fantastic. Um, I do grow a lot of potatoes because. As Laura will tell you, I give away quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't yeah, sell it. Yeah, you
2: definitely do. <laughs> oh, so who do you give your stuff away to? Oh, Laura's putting her hands up. She goes <laughs> a lot have, of
0: your potatoes, does yeah. she? Don't have space for potatoes in my garden.
1: <laughs> Friends and neighbours as well, yeah. No, I, I have quite a, a lot of, of ground, so I grow a lot of potatoes. But main crop this year have been... This, Particularly good. I grow m- mainly. I only grow one variety, which is Cara. Oh, roast
2: potatoes.
1: Oh, Laura's, yeah. Em- <laughs> they do. She's given you a good
2: recommendation.
1: They do everything, yeah. And I grew I grew six rows of Cara this year, but I also grew one row of Cara's cousin, which is called uh, uh, Picasso. Yeah, oh, it's nice. also another hybrid. And they were absolutely amazing. Virtually every potato was big enough to be a jacket, you know.
2: Oh, so they, do they taste different then, the two varieties? Do they have different...
1: Very, very similar. They do the same job as well. They roast, they jacket, they chip, they mash. They're, they're And I think they're the only potato... I once uh, saw a thing from King's. They were the only potato out of about 45 varieties that King's sold that were... Um, you know, there's things that you get on spuds. You get Eelworm, you get blight, yeah. Uh, yeah. and you get scab. Well, Cara uh, was the only one that ticked all three boxes.
2: So they're like the super potato. They are the superhero of the potato world.
1: Yeah, but they but they are lovely. They are well, I think so. You know, but I mean, I have my own favourites. I, I just like fresh. I like veg that you've. You pick and you cook your, or your wife cooks it 30 <laughs> minutes after I see what
2: happens yeah. in the Hillier household. <laughs> yeah, there's
0: definitely the two separate hobbies there.
1: Yeah, but no, I say like um, new potatoes, for instance, we we tend to be led by what we hear on TV and in adverts and stuff. And people, I, I always get fed up at early potato time when I hear people talking about um, Jersey Royals. Well, Jersey mm. Royal can only be called a Jersey Royal if it's actually grown in Jersey. And it's got to be grown that, in Jersey. Yeah. It's got to be grown in Jersey, picked in Jersey, and then ferried out to various bits of the country, to Sainsbury's and Tesco's and whoever. So by the time we get them, they're not for me, new potatoes. Now, I would say to somebody, get I'll bring you some Lady Crystal. Yeah. yeah. And you cook them, you cook them. 30 minutes after I've taken them out of the ground and you won't talk about Jersey Royals anymore. (laughs) So, you you know, we all have our favourites. But uh, potatoes this year have been brilliant. Also this year, broad beans were, were tremendous.
0: I think we will have to cut you off there on successes, I'm afraid, and bring you around... I'm sorry to have to do this, but into <laughs> the gardening failures. So what's happened? Have there been any sort of funny stories or things that haven't gone well? or
1: Well, things that haven't well, gone Henry's well. Well, Henry's so is good, is clearly. A dreadful, dread, no, dreadful year for all my alliums this year. Onions, yeah. I grew three different, red, white and golden. And I grew six different varieties of um, garlic. And I grew shallots. Now, the shallots were the only ones that weren't affected by this downy mildew stuff. Everything yeah. else, I think, I think out of three rows of onions and six different types of garlic, I think I got about not two dozen plants out of the lot, you know. So um, that was so a big how failure. That
2: happens? What happened there then? Um, what will you do next year to I think
1: that? it's I think it's a soil-borne thing because they say if you got downy mildew, mildew on an onion, you shouldn't grow anything there for, or I presume onions, or but uh, for about six or seven years.
2: Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. But
1: I, I grew some onions last year and they were pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. And someone said, if you find a place where onions grow well, grow them there again. You know, like they always say you should move your stuff around but onions are apparently different but that, that's probably the biggest failure this year
0: so was that a wider problem at, at your site like were your allotment neighbors suffering with it as well
1: a few people get it yeah and last year with with another kind of the allium the leaks we got a thing called um it's called allium leaf miner it's a flat it's a fly a very small fly the fly doesn't yeah. do any damage, but it lays these little eggs that eat their way into the lovely white part of the leek.
2: Oh, sound horrible.
1: And just ruins, absolutely ruined them. Um, so do you lean on failure- each
2: other? No, <laughs> yeah. you carry what? on. Henry, do not let me interrupt. You crack on. <laughs> what were you saying?
1: No, I was going to say uh, a failure that's nothing at all to do with big bad growing, just just a big clumsy old farmer man that, that I am. <laughs> um I was um we we're allowed twice a year uh, twice a year twice a month on on our allotment to burn you know to burn waste oh yes yeah. So yeah. a bonfire that you, yeah. that you don't put in um into your compost and i was cutting down this year at the end of my um broad bean stuff. And I had I had a real lot of broad beans this year. So obviously I had a lot of plant to get rid of at the end. And I yeah. was cutting them down when they dried off to have a fire on either the 1st or the 15th of the month, whichever it was. And I was cutting them with a really nice pair of secateurs. Oh, I can see pile, what's going to happen. <laughs> one of one of the piles of, of uh, rub debris that I put down, I put down onto the, to the big heap to burn. And I also put down the secateurs oh, and, then I, no. and then I spent about two weeks asking anybody if I've left my secateurs anywhere on any of the allotment ground and have you found I do, them. I do
2: that all of the time and my partner is constantly at me saying where are they you've lost them again you've lost them again I think they need to have like a beeping device I need to be able to call my secateurs and find out where they are in the allotment I have an absolute nightmare with that so don't worry you're not on your own also I have to say it's quite
0: unusual for you dad isn't it for the story involving secateurs not to be like I accidentally can't my finger off or something? No,
2: Henry, <laughs> have you done that before? What do you do?
1: No, when I, I don't mean next door my house, but my next door allotment person, he found them. I, I was talking to him and he said, I think I saw them when I was walking past the top end of your allotment this morning. He said, um, you've got a pile of ash there. And in the bottom, there's this metal. <laughs> all that was left, all that was left, was the metal part. Oh and no! The plastic handles and everything were.
2: So, Laura, nothing,
1: but that was my silly thing.
2: Laura's just said that you're a very clumsy man with your secateurs. <laughs> what happens to you, Henry? Do you cut yourself a lot with those? Have you had some uh, some bad uh, accidents in the used
1: past? Used to be used to be Stanley knives. What well, Stanley knives was what I cut myself oh, with. No, I, I um, I'm um, I do walk into my shed door, you know, the gap in my shed, because I'm I'm about six foot and I think this the shed is only about five foot ten, you know. Oh, no. and, but sometimes I think that's got to, something to do with my personality, the <laughs> fact that I'm always bumping my head.
2: There's <laughs> nothing wrong
0: with that, Henry. You're good. You're good. and um, We'll just bring you back around to the sort of the positive side of things. And are there any guilty gardening secrets or little shortcuts that you'd like to share with the listeners you know things you might not read in the textbooks but that you find really works for you
1: well most obviously i read gardening magazines especially grow your own good boy
2: good boy henry
1: (laughs) but i also i listen to old people that have that have um Tell me things about you know what you should do on an allotment, and uh, a couple of the things were well, a couple of the things actually involve broad beans. It's like it's like a broad bean story today. <laughs> but uh, one of uh, one old chap who uh, is now unfortunately is no longer with us. He always said two things with broad beans. He <clears throat> he was an organic gardener anyway, but he said always plant aqueduct Claudia, which are the obviously the the winter hardy ones, and always plant them on the 5th of November. Yeah. Oh,
2: so that's you, interesting.
0: Did you plant yours on the 5th of November?
1: Uh, actually, yes.
0: Oh, well done. Top <laughs> and marks. And
1: also, when you've got your plants at the full height, because he's an organic gardener, don't spray if you see blackfly. Yeah. But before you see blackfly, intermingle in amongst your plants marigolds, yeah. a few marigolds, and they'll keep the blackfly off.
2: Oh, that's because I grew uh, broad beans for the first time last year and I had an unmitigated disaster and they all died. So this year, marigolds. So I need to do that, do I? Just hop on the marigold train.
1: Do you you use the autumn? Do you plant in autumn or do you plant? No,
2: I did it in spring. In spring. So do you recommend, so planting them on the 5th of November, get your strong plants going and then I won't have this issue.
1: Well, yeah, they they actually the the autumn planted ones um, are hardier, and I think because they've got through winter. Because you'll find if you plant them now, they they you'll see them within a few weeks. But the, these little plants won't die. They can even be snowed on, and they get through. And I think that makes them more hardy. They don't get um so much black fly as the spring planted ones do oh
2: right that's my take home tip that's my henry tip of the day thanks, thanks very much companion planting yeah companion planting getting my marigolds out brilliant thank you henry and um, so just before we go
0: um we just wanted to know what is the the best lesson that you've learned since you've been gardening what's your one sort of big takeaway since you've been <laughs> i gardening? would i would say duck
2: when entering your shed Which
1: <laughs> should be
0: your
2: main <laughs>
1: lesson but carry on well i, I my, my main things are uh, a. I just love fresh vegetables. They're, yeah. they're different to ones that have been in the shop for how many days. And also, it's my it's my kind of gym. Yeah. I don't I don't go to the gym and jog and pump iron. It's my you know it's my gym and it's also my s- psychiatrist, I suppose you know because. I'll get a kind of a mental pleasure out of, out of digging the ground. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Well, thanks very much for that, Dad. I'm really looking forward to coming round for some roast potatoes soon. And for now, I'm just going to go back to the office and grab our deputy editor, Blake, and a couple of cups of tea, and we will have our team chat.
3: Hi guys, I'm here and I've got your tea. Hi. So here's a tea for you, Laura, and you. one for you, Natalie, and thank I've got you, a thank coffee you. for myself. But even more stimulating than this coffee this time <laughs> of the day is the story that I found online oh, today. Oh,
2: good. About Come on.
3: Kendra from Houston, Texas, who has just grown a 20-pound sweet potato that oh looks like God. a baby.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> Can we see that? Will you show me a picture? I
3: do have a picture here, and
2: it is Huge. So, what has she do? How has she managed? Has she grown it into a mold or has it just organically baby itself?
3: <laughs> I'm now showing everybody oh this humongous sweet potato. My goodness.
2: I'm looking at a picture of a woman cradling a sweet potato <laughs> that does resemble a fully grown human child. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. How Nobody
3: she... thought it was possible, but it is.
2: <laughs> but she rose to that challenge. Wow.
3: And do you know why? And how she did this? Oh, please. She forgot to dig up. Her potatoes last year so it's been in the ground for two years
2: is that what sweet potatoes years. is that yeah. what they do Will they just continuously grow apparently we need to do this <laughs> as a trial I can't believe that, that they would just continuously grow like that
3: she said she's also been watering every day so she has been watering them and adding eggshells to the soil for calcium oh right. wow so there you go if you want giant sweet potatoes for the listeners at home
0: I think we need an experimental area outside the offices so that we can run these tests ourselves. Yeah, I think I so definitely. too. But
3: she didn't just commit to growing this huge sweet potato; she's named it oh Patricia.
2: <laughs> named it. Patricia. What? <laughs> Sorry, Patricia. Oh. Imagine though, what <laughs> is she <laughs> going to do with Patricia? Is she going to slice Patricia up? Is it yeah. going into the oven? What will happen <laughs> to Patricia in the final stages she of did its say life? That
3: everybody has wanted a slice of Patricia. Like <laughs> oh. people have been like, "You've got this massive sweet potato." Oh. She you know, share the wealth.
2: Oh, I'm oh. not sure I'm on board with that, to
0: be honest. But like you need to find out part two. We need a part two to this. What know, became but... of
2: Patricia the Potato?
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's get Kendra on the show.
2: Yeah, please, please. Can we get her to grow? Yeah, another Patricia, the baby of Patricia. <laughs> But I, I grew uh, pink fur apple potatoes this year. Didn't actually think through what they looked like. My partner went off, dug them all up, and he called me over going, oh my God, oh, they've all gone wrong. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I've done because this was his special project. Because when he dug them up, he thought that they looked like little blind bald mice <laughs> oh, because no. they're all really knobbly and they do look a little bit like deformed mice. And are you absolutely certain they weren't mice? They No, because I've, I've eaten them since. Oh, okay. so <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, there's a whole thing around potatoes. Potatoes, clearly, that people can mistake them for humans and mice. Yeah, <laughs> Who knew? Who'd, who'd have thought it? Yeah. So, where did you find this story? Is it like big, big news at the moment? Yeah, it's been covered in the national newspapers. Oh my god! <laughs> well, to be fair, you know, give that woman a pat on her back. She has raised Patricia up to the status of an <laughs>
3: international yeah. symbol. Guinness World Records. Yeah. Here, Patricia comes. There you go. Do you what
2: want to hear? You? Uh, do you want to hear my story that I want to bring go to the on. table? We'd love to. It's the favourite of everything that I've ever seen around Grow Your Own. Alan Titchmarsh is facing up a campaign for Adidas for a dad uh, shoe. Oh, oh, I saw this. So good. I. Do you know what? I love Alan Titchmarsh. I think if he wants to be a fashion icon, he goes and be yeah. that fashion icon. I mean, I'm going to tell you now that the dad shoe... My dad would love that shoe. Would he? <laughs> he would love it. dad. If you're listening,
3: stylish and practical. <laughs> they're
2: coming your way. Yeah. What, what was it they called it? Haughty couture. Oh, isn't yes. It? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I can't All take credit funds. for
2: that. That was that was someone else's work. It's so good. <laughs> there are straps. There. I think there's Velcro. So much that a and dad Christmas could And Christmas is around need. the
3: corner. So get it on your Christmas. Exactly.
2: That's what practical I'm saying. Practical present. Exactly. And there are also clothing within this line many pockets oh many many my dad is a big fan of pockets as well so it's just handy
3: to have like (laughs) you know if you're in the garden you need pockets
2: yeah exactly I will say that the uh, campaign imagery around it is sensational (laughs) in a word it's Alan decked out in the gardening attire pushing a mower on fake grass
0: wow (laughs) fake grass
2: you know maintain your fake grass as well, I suppose. Exactly. Look good doing it. I think that is, that's the take home from this. You need to look great, mow your fake grass and crack on with a dad shoe. You can be Alan. You can be Alan. And why would you not want to be Alan? (laughs) So that is my story. But I love it. Best Um, thing.
0: So sort of building from the whole Christmas present angle there, something that I've been thinking about this week, given that The big day is just around the corner. It's
3: too close. Um, There's
0: been a lot recently about obviously reducing waste of all different sorts around Christmas and everything like that. So that obviously quite a big topic for allotmenteers tends to be homegrown and homemade presents. Yeah. So have you guys ever given homegrown presents or and yeah. have you ever received them and how do you feel about them
3: I really want to say that I have and that I have some brilliant story about growing something for people but I leave it too late every time and <sighs> I'm so I always have these really great ambitions about I'm gonna make and Present and save loads of money Mm. and it never happens and Christmas Eve there I am at the shops
2: (laughs) scrabbling around (laughs)
3: with all the other men busily (laughs) rushing around getting the last minute presents do
2: you know what I have a tip for you so a couple of years ago me and about Three or four friends said, right, we're all going to do hampers. And we all made two things, but made loads and then swapped around. So oh, we amazing. shared everybody's well, things. Yeah. So you don't have to kill yourself making 10 different types of chutney, which is a nightmare, <laughs> I will tell you. Um, and then you get a lot of variety, which I really liked. Yeah. and Sounds effort. manageable. Manageable, Ma- manageable DIY. Yeah, manageable DIY, my middle name. <laughs>
0: if I can uh, offer a certain thing for a hamper that I have to say I love and I've made... I make most Christmases is um, I really love chilies, mm. all different heats, all different shapes, all different sizes, all different colours. Then you end up with mountains of chilies, and what can you do with them? Chilli jelly or chilli jam, whatever you want to call it, looks beautiful in the hamper, is easy to do, and Wait, goes so it's great like, with cheese and biscuits, like strawberry jam. No, it's, <laughs> no, Blake. it's like a savoury. You could say, for example, have it on like say you were having like a bacon sandwich you could put it on a bacon sandwich or have it with cheese and biscuits or something like that and it's really lovely but the last time I made it we put all different heats of chilies in there so Mm. sometimes
2: you'll have a little bit and it'll be sort of fairly mild and then the next mouthful
0: will blow your head off.
2: Do you do the really fancy thing and put like slices of the chili around the jar so that when you pour in, I want to be that person. I have never successfully done this.
0: I think what I struggle with the most is that I am a real fiddler with things. Like Mm. I can't bear stuff going on and me not fiddling around with it while I'm (laughs) cooking and you're not supposed to stir it. Oh, I have to leave the room because I can't be in the room and not stir it. <laughs> I would be the same. I would
3: just constantly want to be in there stirring yeah. it.
2: Like, what will I actually do? I'll just give it a stir. <laughs> it's like <laughs> caramel, isn't it? That's what you're supposed yeah. to do with caramel—just hands off. <laughs> well, I want to request some of your chili jam. Oh. next time I make some, I can shall we do, put some aside. Can we do chili jam roulette <gasps> in the yes. office oh. with different heat ratings? Yes. For each one. <laughs> yes. You Don't know which one you're going to get. Should we do it on the podcast and we'll just cry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. That's definitely an idea it I'm such an a I'm not to <laughs> maybe we should map this idea out in some more detail now back at our desks while Rose has a look at some of the jobs on the plot so over to our editorial assistant
4: Rose keep on gardening this month despite the wetter and colder weather and the fewer hours of sunlight with our list of top jobs you'll find a full list of things to do in the most recent issue of grow your own But for now, here's our quick roundup for the week. Firstly, you will need to prune dormant apple and pear trees by removing any thin, damaged, or straggly growth. Do not prune peach, nectarine, and plum trees as this will create open wounds and make them more susceptible to silver leaf disease. Keep on top of pests that could be overwintering on either your undercover crops or ones growing in warmer conditions. Make sure to remove aphids by hand as soon as they're spotted. It's best to deal with the problem now, otherwise the pests will multiply when the warmer weather arrives. Now, if you're a gardener who is keen to carry on growing, invest in mushroom growing kits. These can be grown inside in a cool and dark place or in the garden shed. As well as fungi, you can sow lettuce, winter gem, lambs, lettuce, and mustard greens this season. Sow seeds in an unheated greenhouse or in a cold frame before transplanting to greenhouse borders or containers. Sow these every two weeks for continuous crops over the winter period. Have a go at digging a trench or planting beans in next spring. Fill this with kitchen waste and cover with soil to make the ground more hospitable for planting. Since you'll be visiting it far less often, check that your shed is secure. Make sure to test any greenhouse heaters before sub-zero temperatures strike. And thanks so much to Laura's dad for chatting to us from his allotment in Essex. It's been great talking to him about his potato harvest and his broad beans. Also, because Laura and Natalie aren't here, I might just point out that I probably will not be partaking in the chilli jam roulette, so I hope they all have fun with that. From all of us at Grow Your Own, happy growing.
0: Thanks again for listening to The Dirt in association with the Organic Gardening Catalogue.
3: Whether you're an accomplished organic grower or just interested in learning about growing in a more natural way, the Organic Gardening Catalogue is for you.
0: They're the one-stop shop for all things garden-related. They've got a fantastic selection of seeds, plants, tools and more.
3: Be inspired by growing organic, whether it be in a garden, an allotment or even on a city balcony.
0: Visit OrganicCatalogue.com for more. And don't forget to subscribe to The Dirt for free to make sure you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to tell your allotment neighbours. We have some really exciting guests coming up and one of them could be you. Do you or someone you know have some great gardening advice, dirty gardening secrets or funny disasters on the plot? Email thedirt at growfruitsandveg.co.uk to let us know. Plus, as a special treat for a monthly dose of trusted garden advice from the whole Grow Your Own team, We've got an exclusive offer just for the Dirt listeners. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash podg, that's P-O-D-G, or call 0800 904 7000 and quote podg to get three issues of Grow Your Own magazine for just £6. And every issue comes with a selection of free seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms.